Welcome to the Off the Weightless Podcast. I'm your host, Moses Yim. Episode 8. We're here. Eight episodes in. Uh, I get to talk to someone really, really cool today. Her name's Carla Tafra. Really excited for you to get to hear from her. She's super bubbly, fun, energetic, uh, very strong in her opinions. Um, so we had a great conversation, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, let's get on with it. Let's just catch up real quick. I know it's yeah. been a while. I haven't seen you in a while. How was uh, your, how's your trip? Good, good. You know, we haven't been home in two years because of COVID and everything. And, um, Last year, you know, I was pregnant the entire year, so we couldn't really fly. I mean, we could, we could have, but I was right. just very scared, you know, because yeah. at the time you still didn't know anything about COVID and, you know, just catching it and then having something happen and complications in pregnancy, I didn't want to risk it. Right. So we didn't go. And then, you know, I gave birth in December and, you know, this whole year has practically passed by and we haven't even seen anyone. So we usually go there during summer, but it's like two or three weeks. And then yeah. this year we decided to go for longer because my husband could get a paternity leave. So which was nice. Oh, that's and nice. we spent like three and a half months there. So. Wow. That must have been amazing. Well, yeah. You know, in the beginning for sure, because <laughs> you haven't seen anyone, but after a few weeks, let's say, yeah. you're like, um, I kind of need to, you know, tell everyone that this is not how I live anymore, right. basically, because you come back home in a way and everybody's right. treating you like you're still living at home, but mm -hmm. right now with a baby and you're like, yeah, I've been away from home for eight years. I can't really, you know, it's kind of hard to go back to the routine you used to have right. when you were younger. Where's, um, where's, where's home? Croatia. That's awesome. Yeah. I just I just had a conversation about Croatia with someone, but we'll get into that. <laughs> um, this is what I do with all my guests. I give sixty seconds, okay. and you get to tell your life story in sixty seconds. <gasps> cool. Okay, so I'll be your timer, and I'll give you like a little flash when there's like fifteen seconds left. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Here we go. On go. Three, two, one. <laughs> Okay. Hi, <laughs> I'm Carla. <laughs> um, I was a dancer growing up my entire childhood and I've had severe issues with my back because of ballet. So I started doing yoga at a very young age, 13, and I fell in love with it. I became a teacher at when I was 18 and I just started teaching everyone that I could basically starting from my dancers onwards. And that led me through this journey where I moved across uh, different countries and taught a lot of different people from athletes and just regular people to, you know, people who genuinely needed a lot of help. I became a nutritionist along the way because of my own issues with my gut health. So my entire life journey was to kind of, it is still to just help people uh, create, you know, better, healthy routines that they can maintain forever. So that's kind of my life story in a very, very short, um, very short 60 seconds because wow. I can't say much more. <laughs> that, was, that was great. You got so much in there. And you finished right at one minute. Congratulations. I know. That's always, that's always I try to keep it like very short. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, wow. You've been teaching since you're 18. Yeah. Yeah. I've been teaching for a very long time because I started yoga very early and uh, my, there was only one studio in Croatia at the time because that was a long time ago. Yeah. And um, I couldn't obviously teach anything, you know, in between 13 and 18, it was like five years of just doing it. And I loved it. And they had a teacher training, which I always wanted to apply for, but I never thought that I could do it so young, like in, in my head, because I was a dancer, you know, mm. I couldn't think of myself as teaching someone so young. Right. For me, it was like, I needed to get the experience, I needed to learn about people's bodies I couldn't just you know just because I knew how I moved doesn't mean that I know how somebody else moves right so I decided to do it when I was 18 and at the time um because I was in in Croatia and we only had that one place basically we could do whatever we wanted with it so we were registered with Yoga Alliance but we took our time it was Mm. a year and a half long course basically. Wow. And I, you know, we did everything from all sorts of different styles in yoga to, you know, trying out different types of meditations to trying out um, all possible, you know, uh, breathing techniques. It was just very interesting. And we had a whole anatomy course where we just learned everything about the human body, which I think is great because today, you know, in 2021, where we are right now, especially in the U S like people go on these teacher trainings that last two weeks and they come back as teachers. Right. For me, that is just, I, I don't, I have really strong feelings about it because in two weeks you can't really learn anything. You can't know what a person is dealing with. Like if you have somebody with an injury, you have somebody who's pregnant, you can't just, come up to a class and be like, yeah, let's all go and do seven downward dogs and five, you know, lunges. And you're like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe take each person as they are. And coming here was very different for me because I got used to seeing all these people that just come into classes and don't even ask, you know, about like no beginning I've ever been to maybe like two classes started with the question of, does anybody have any injuries? Is anybody pregnant? It's like, why do you assume that anybody who comes into your studio is just totally fine? Mm, mm, so mm. I was kind of taught to ask that question whenever I started, because especially when you see a new face, not only you don't know if that person has ever even done anything in their life, let alone yoga, but they could have some issues that right. they just don't think about because, you know, maybe they had a hip you know, a uh, problem where they ruptured the tendon like five years ago, but that yeah. can still make a difference. So, yeah. Totally. I, that's funny. I was just having this conversation the other day with someone and they're, I always ask, and you'll get this questions too. <laughs> if there's one thing you could change in fitness, what would it be? And she said like longer certs, like mm-hmm. longer trainings. We need to get Absolutely. our training people like, properly trained so so they can really really help people on a deeper level so that's really interesting that you you say that too and i don't think you're alone in that opinion well i hope so because you know i mean it's very hard to see a trainer a fitness trainer not just a yoga teacher but any fitness trainer that doesn't seem to be interested in his client doesn't pay attention to what the client is doing maybe they're like on their phone or something like that which is already making me feel like very agitated um, right. but let alone you know just that part and then just to think that that person may have like a month or less to 
practice whatever they're preaching right now to that person. Right. Like you can't just create a program and give it to everyone. You know right. that. You know, yeah. every body is different. Every person is different. Everybody's goals are different. So it's not the same. And just because you look amazing and you can do whatever you can doesn't mean that you're a good teacher or yeah. a trainer. And that's kind of where I think people get a little bit confused. That's that's a key, right? It's It's just because someone might be super in shape. Can they actually teach though? Yeah. N- yeah. Nuts. And, you know, I've seen a lot of examples in my life where that's not the case where you have people who look you know like super shredded and amazing and they can lift tons of weight but they know nothing about teaching somebody how to properly squat right and you see that you know I've, i've i've been a member and a teacher in multiple gyms and i've seen trainers who just don't know what they're doing with it right and it just makes me cringe it's 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 also why some some like superstar athletes don't coach because exactly. they can't they they can't get their message across in a way that a really good coach can, or you know Michael Jordan didn't decide to coach basketball because he was like I just yeah. I can't get through my my message won't go through and I don't know how to convey it other than like being a player so yeah and not everybody has the patience to do so yeah. you know like That's not true. everybody has the patience to to teach someone like to go through a proper squat form million times because right because the person is just not listening because they're not paying attention because they have a stressful day and they're like thinking about their work not everybody has that capacity to be Mm. like okay let's go again again step number one (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah, it's not it's not easy to be a teacher in any way shape or form um yeah this this is awesome we're just kind of like diving right in i love it (laughs) oh what kind of going backwards I know you said you started yoga when you were around 13 years old and then started teaching. Even before that, you said you, you wanted to be a dancer. Is, what were you like growing up as a kid? Were you kind of similar as you are now? Were you shy, excited? Oh, I was never shy. <laughs> I, can, I can't imagine. <laughs> no, I was always like center of the stage. Stage is my life. No, really, I was always very jazzed. It was just my life was like that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, my parents tell me that when I was like three years old, I would, whenever they would have people around, I would come in and I would like dress up and stuff and just like sing to people. I don't know. Maybe that's not something I would do today, but but, you know, you, you, you grow. Um, But yeah, I was always very outgoing and very social and it was very hard for me to be at home. I was Mm -hmm. never at home. I would always just be in the studio. I would be um, just, you know, always in the, in the rehearsal of some sorts of doing some gig or doing something. I was a very, very energetic kid. Let's call it like that. I love, I love that. I can, I can see it. Um, do you still enjoy singing and like performing? I know you do yoga, so it's kind yeah, of, helpful, and I miss also it. helpful. Yeah, I miss it a lot. I was a part of a musical when I was last, you know, doing everything. I was a part of a theater and I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, and when I moved to Spain, I, I didn't, you know, i continue with any of it because my life just changed overnight and then when I moved back here I mean when I moved here like for the second time moving across the world um I just never picked it up again and I mean it has to do with kind of having one part of your life you know like closing one chapter and opening Mm. another let's Mm. say because 
a lot of my dancing and singing and performing was connected to the group I was in. Right. The environment I was in, the people I was surrounded with. And I don't think that I would ever recreate it somewhere else because mm. um, I'm a solo player, let's say, in in fitness, in working out, in like gym, in running. But when it comes to dancing, I'm not. I have to be a part of that, you know, that group where I was. And the people who were with me were kind of the reason why I was doing all of that. That's so interesting. Yeah. That's that's the one discipline where you're like, no, I need a group. Yeah, because I grew up in that group of people. And the lot of people that I kept on dancing for with for like 15 years are the same people. Mm. And yeah, you know, we had a lot of people who came and went and all of that, but a lot of us stayed and I've 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 known them since I was little. Right. And it's kind of hard to imagine being a dancer in a different realm. Right. Way. Yeah, because you have that trust, you have that rapport, you have that kind of background with them to where Yeah. And it's know, just I, the vibe. You right. know, the vibe of the people. And it was just, it was a part of my life for a very long time. And then to try to recreate it somewhere else, I think would just be wrong. It would take, it would take a long time. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm, I've never been a dancer, but being a performer, I have been. And trust is so important in that. Yeah. Because like, I want to be able to trust that I can do something dumb or do something that looks stupid and not be judged yeah. so I can fully express what I want to come exactly. across, like exactly. be open. So I, I totally get it. Uh, are you going to introduce those two people behind you? Oh, I'm so sorry. No, yes, this is, this is my son. You want to come here? He is a little over nine months old and he just started like getting up. And he's crawling all over the place, but he's getting up. And this is my husband. <laughs> That's so exciting. So, come, Jax. Come. Come. Say yeah, hi. Come say hi. Hi. Hi, <gasps> hi handsome boy. Hi. Yeah. His name is Jax. Look at that smile. Oh, my goodness. Hi. Say hi. Hi. Huh? Yeah, that's you. You're on camera. Yeah, you're on camera. Look. You're going to be famous <laughs> one day? Yeah. He's a little bit cranky today, so we're trying to tag team with work and everything because um, yeah. we're both working from home. Hey, Jack. Okay. <laughs> He's like, and I'm done. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be here. What a cutie patootie. Yeah. Okay. I'm, Wait, I just I'm, I'm glad we got a smile. Yeah, he's, he's, he smiles a lot. He's yeah. a very happy kid. He's just um, in a phase right now where he is – he doesn't want to be left alone right. for like two seconds. And, yeah. you know, that's normal Yeah, for kids. Yep. But um, it's kind of hard to navigate after three months of having a lot of people around him. He got right. used to seeing a bunch of people. Right. And now he's back to just the two of us. Yeah. So it's very hard for him to be like, <gasps> you know, there are like two people right now here that are not paying attention to me because right. they're working and okay. I need attention. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's all fine. It's I, just, I feel uh, like that as an adult know, sometimes. Something that, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's like I'm here. Hello. Yeah. Um. What? So Jax is obviously your first. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will mute myself while you ask me a question. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> I I don't mind it at all. 
Uh, it's this is like the real deal right here, right? A yep, that's my life. Is the real life. How's what's motherhood been like? Great, honestly, great because I kind of I never could have imagined it before um, in a way that it is right now. You know, like you, you. I mean, especially when you find out that you're pregnant, you're obviously preparing yourself for everything, and you're reading every possible book and every social media, you know, post uh, of yes. a new mom and whatever. And what I've noticed is something that I've been telling to people now, you know, for a while, and I genuinely don't like this whole um, mother, motherhood, parenthood vibe that is out there today, because uh, it's very negative, you know, like ever since you become pregnant, all you hear is about the negative symptoms, about the nausea, about the not being able to sleep, about, you know, feeling huge and everything is hurting and your back is hurting. And I, I mean, I'm just going to say it. I, I've had a very lucky pregnancy where I was fine for a very long time. Um, I had no nausea. I basically right. had no symptoms. I was able to work out literally until the day before of my scheduled induction because mm. I was over for almost two weeks. Um, and wow. I felt, two weeks yeah. over your due date? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll come back to that. And I, and I felt great. But a majority of that had to do with my mindsets too. Because um, there's a lot of, you know, like I said, negativity around the whole thing. Like nobody's talking about the positive aspects of all of all of it. I mean, there are people who are, but it's very, it's very scarce. And then when you give birth, everybody's, you know, talking about how wonderful that feeling is. But then after that, everybody else is talking about, you know, how you're not sleeping, how you don't have time to wash your hair, how you don't have time to do anything, how you're sleep deprived. And at the same time, your baby is, you know, screaming and you can't console him and you feel like a bad mother and so many, you know, negative things combined into this little bubble that every new mom doesn't have to necessarily hear. Like, yeah, there are tough days, but like, this is a baby. He's not supposed to know anything. Of course, he's going to cry. It's normal. And I mean, don't get me wrong, but, you know, we've all had our days where we'd go, go out and party and come home at like 6 a.m. and have to go up somewhere at 7. Like, yeah, you were fine with not sleeping then. Like, come on. So <laughs> to me, it's like that. Like, honestly, it's just um, a lot of people see their kid being as you know an inconvenience to their life because mm. now you have to change your whole life upside down because you have a baby why don't we look at it as an addition you know like right. why don't we try to you know organize our life around our kid like why is that so hard i just don't understand why all the negative you know every time somebody asks me oh you're a new mom are you not sleeping and i'm like why is this so important like come right. on it's just one you know, probably one or two years of your life where you have to deal with stuff like this. So it's fine. Like, that's, I get it. That's so interesting because obviously I'll never be a mother. But and, you will be a father. Uh, yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. I'll never give birth. So I, I can only imagine what that's, what that's like. Yeah. But I think what you're saying, I can relate to in the sense that, you know, in other areas of my life where it might seem hard or where society kind of glorifies other things that are going on that I might not necessarily 
want to hear or mm-hmm. I would necessarily glorify. Um, and it's one of those things where if you acknowledge it, it exists type things where it's like, listen, I don't want my life to be hard. So mm-hmm. why would I keep saying my life is hard or this is hard or, you know, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. It's just, <laughs> you know, obviously I'll never be a mother, but I, yeah, I, yeah. But you know, I, mean. I understand what I'm trying to say. And that's, right. you know, why it's so important for me as a mom, when everybody asks me a question to try to stay in those positive aspects, because yeah, of course, you know, there are hard days. Um, he can, you know, be a little bit dramatic like he is today because there's something going on and he doesn't know how to express it. And it's not, you know, like, why would I go crazy over it? He's a baby. He does doing it because he doesn't know how to express whatever he is feeling. Right. You know, whether right. he is in pain of some sorts, whether his tooth is coming out, whether he's just tired, doesn't know how to fall asleep. That, so I think that, you know, being a parent involves a lot of different things, but being patient with your kid mm. should be something that in my opinion is just normal. Right. Like, why would I go crazy because he is crying? I don't understand that concept. Honestly. Right. It's one of, it's, it's, it's also one of those things where if you know what's coming, then why are yeah. you surprised? You know, like, yeah, but I don't think that people can fully, you know, prepare themselves for parenthood right. because, you know, there's a lot of things in your life that you just have to, um, I'm not going to say the word sacrifice because I don't see it as a sacrifice, mm. but there's a lot of things in your life that you just have to let go prioritize or postpone prioritize yeah because you you have to forget that you know there are some things in your life you just can't do like you did before Mm -hmm. and you if you don't feel okay with that maybe consider having a baby a little bit afterwards you know like don't don't if you're planning for it of course maybe you get yourself ready before you know in a way yeah because it's hard to do that once the baby comes yeah yeah. Do you plan on having more? Well, I would love to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to? You want like a big family? <laughs> well, I don't think I would go over two, hmm. but you never know. Like, are you dying for a girl? Um, no. I mean, I when I got pregnant, I wasn't. I didn't really care. Yeah, it was a boy or a girl. Just wanted to be a healthy baby. Mm. And the fact that I have a boy right now doesn't make me want another one less or more. Right. Um, I just, I think that each baby is an individual uh, that I can shape in a way. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm not dying for a, a girl. I would love a girl. I would love a boy. So yeah. equally. Still, yeah. I think it's the still same for me. Um, it's just maybe the first one, I wanted it a little bit more to be a boy just because um, I don't really have a lot of examples in my life around me of people that are pregnant. Mm-hmm. I do now. Everybody got pregnant <laughs> the same time I was, I did. That um, COVID baby. Yeah, COVID baby. But before that, I didn't really have a lot of friends around me uh, that had you know a little baby. Mm-hmm. And one of our friends gave birth uh, 11 months before me. So basically a little bit before I got pregnant um, and I got to kind of live throughout the baby's first 
full year right and he was a he's a boy yeah so i kind of got used to this male energy and that's why maybe in the back of my head i wanted it to be yeah, a boy. yeah this yeah that, that totally makes sense yeah <laughs> um speaking of covid how mm-hmm. what's the past year and a half been like for you how, how have you been doing well the majority of it i was pregnant and then i got a baby so uh it was you've been busy yeah it was a little bit different for me than for other people um business wise um i actually do a lot of writing as well i do like a lot of medical writing um and that part was great i got a lot of new clients and i was able to do it you know even like a week after i got home from the hospital so you know it's just something that you can do whenever wherever and Mm. i love that um the yoga part was you know challenging because everybody wanted me to start teaching online and i was pregnant and it wasn't really fun to do that yeah um especially because in my apartment i don't really have a lot of space Mm. so i would always go to my rooftop but then the weather didn't always cooperate and it got windy and then people wouldn't hear me. And it was just a lot of stress involved in it. And for yeah. me, yoga is completely stress-less. Yeah, it's <laughs> it supposed to be, be the opposite, right? Yeah, so it's what's hard for me to kind of get this um, environment, you know, like in where you would do yoga. Mm. So I kind of decided not to do it. And I blamed it on being pregnant, but it was just one of the reasons for sure. Cause it was just very taxing, um, in that way right. uh, to like set it all up and find a place and like not kick myself somewhere while I'm doing it. So it was just, you know, very yeah. inconvenient. It makes, um, it, but it makes sense that now, it should feel stress-free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now I'll probably start teaching at the six and their ballad location oh, cool. uh, starting Thursdays. Yeah. Dang. So we'll, we'll see uh, how that goes if they don't shut everything down again, hopefully. Right. So. I ho- gosh, I hope we're not there again. Ugh, no. no. It would just be. I, I, I'm not doing it again. I'm like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, Australia, I don't, care. I don't know what you're doing, but I don't care. <laughs> we're staying open no matter what. Exactly. What was the reason why you decided to move out? It was my husband's job. Mm. He got transferred from Spain, so that's that's how. Was it was it Seattle, or did you move somewhere else and then Seattle? Yes, yes, it was Seattle. Uh, the his company's headquarters was in Dallas, but uh, he had a major deal with T-Mobile. So T-Mobile's headquarters is here. So we moved here and thank God we did because Dallas, and don't get me wrong, I love Texas and I love, you know, the Tex-Mex food and all of that. But Dallas is just one big boring place. <laughs> There's nothing to do there. We've been there like a million times for like two or three weeks at a time. And you're not the first, you're not the first person to tell me that. Yeah. Because it's very far from anything and anywhere. Like you can't just sit in your car and drive somewhere. It's like five hours minimum to go anywhere. And oh, wow. we would be there for two or three weeks at a time. And the first few days is great. You like go and you see your favorite restaurants and you go and check out all your places that you've been like, you know, waiting for since the last time <laughs> you've been there. And then after those three days pass, you're like, um, and now what? Right. You know, and then there's a tornado watch and you're like, great. Awesome. This is a great Tuesday or whatever day. So, that's yeah. That's what I love about Seattle is we don't really have like huge natural disasters. Like I know, right? And plus, you know, you can 
you can do so much in, you know, in a week, let alone just travel around. Yeah, it's still far from, you know, let's say East, East Coast, but right. you can still drive up to Vancouver mm-hmm. or come down to Portland or just fly out to LA for an hour and a, in an hour and a yeah. half. It's just, it's not that difficult. Um, but Dallas is like, it's in the middle of nothing, basically. And it's True. just really hard to, to kind of imagine my life there. <laughs> I'm a very can't sit straight person uh in that sense i mean i love to chill don't get me wrong i can get my netflix game up no issues but if i'm that's why covid kind of killed me because Mm. being in the same place for such a long time that's not me i'm a traveler i used to travel at least like two or three times a month minimum it was just very hard for me to be in the same place plus pregnant so what are some of your favorite places you've been to I want to know. In the world? Yeah. Uh, Singapore, number one. Wow, that was ever. so quick to answer. What, oh, my what, God. I what do you love about Singapore? Uh, everything. Absolutely everything. The culture, the people, the, 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 the feeling of that place. I don't know. I just, I would move there. If you told me now that my plane is in like in an hour, I would just grab my phone, my, my passport, and I'd be gone. That's amazing. Goodbye. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to put that on my list. I need to go check out Singapore. Oh, my God. Singapore, Bali, of course. Um, I love Vancouver. I love Vancouver. Vancouver's really cool. Yes. We're going next week. I mean, this weekend in like five days. Uh, Hopefully, no issues at the border. Right. Yeah. Trying to schedule this NAAT test that we have to do. And it's just very weird because in Croatia, we did the PCR and it took them like five hours to give us results. And now I'm trying to do this here and wherever I'm trying to book, they say up to 72 hours of waiting. And I'm like, what? What do you right. mean? No. So. That's, uh, well, going back to Croatia, I, I find it fascinating with, because I was just talking about this with one of my coworkers who's from, who's Bosnian, mm-hmm. he's from Bosnia. And it used to all be Yugoslavia, correct? Yeah. So when the war happened, there's a big civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the country started to separate. Yeah. Now you're going to have to educate me because, because the only, the only reason why I know this is because one of my favorite basketball players growing up was Croatian. Mm-hmm. Cool. And Tony Kukoc. Okay. Okay. And so, because uh, he was left-handed, I'm left-handed. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I love Tony Kukoc. And then a documentary came out. I just love the basketball. Mm-hmm. And I remember even growing up, Yugoslavia being really, really good and really good players. But then I thought it was weird. I was in fourth grade maybe, so I didn't know that all of a sudden there was no Yugoslavia and yeah. it was Croatia, Slovenia, Bosnia. And as Serbia. a, uh, yeah, Serbia as a fifth grader, I was like, wait, what's going on? Why, like, why is Vladi Divac on one team yeah. and Tony Kukoc on another team? And well, so, so growing, growing up, what was that like for you? Well, I was born on the day on the year when it all collapsed so i don't know let me tell you honestly i don't know because i was born in croatia Mm. i was born uh when the war happened i mean the war was happening when i was born so everything was done by the age of 
you know, when I was three. So I don't really remember anything before. Mm. I, I, I wasn't born in Yugoslavia. Um, the thing is, you know, the remnants of all of that obviously stayed for years, right. but it's been, you know, it's been 30 years. So it's been a very long time and mm. people, you know, still talk about it sometimes, but it's not very common in our day-to-day life. Right. Even the, the animosity between Serbians and Croatians, which was, you know, the largest um, issue during the war, isn't that terrible anymore. Like mm. with all the new generations coming, you know, uh, people are talking less and less about all of that and everybody's just getting along. Um, it's just like all these big national holidays that surround it is that people are just like very, you know, hardcore into it. Yeah. And for all of us, it, even for me, who, you know, was, you know, kind of caught up in it because I was born at the time, I'm like done with talking about it, uh, let alone your people that are younger. They're now like, you know, 15 or 10 or, you know, younger. They right. don't even know anything about it. And honestly, you know, it should stay as a history lesson, if you ask me, because basically, you know, what happened was something that happens in, you know, all around the world. There was a country that didn't function and people wanted um, uh, just to be autonomous in it. And, you know, lucky for us, we managed to, you know, have our own country and create all of these wonderful, you know, national treasures, let's say, let's save them in a way. Uh, some people say that for our economy, it would have been better if we stayed in Yugoslavia, which, mm. like I said, I can't really know. I can only, right. I mean, nobody can really no know. No one can know. Right. Yeah, because the, the way, the state of the world today isn't what it was 50 years ago. Um, and the only thing I can say is that, unfortunately, the country is very corrupt and you have a lot of politicians that are just, you know, stealing and trying to use their, not trying to, using their, right. um, power and, you know, their roles in the society to just steal from people. And that's the most heartbreaking part of all of it because mm. Croatia is really beautiful uh, it's like in the center of Europe. It has all four seasons. It has a beautiful coast. We have all the possible resources to grow our own food and use it. We don't even have to import anything for the amount of people that we have because we have like four and a half million people. Hmm. But because of the economy and because of everybody being the way they are, people are leaving. They're trying to find a better life because our wages are terrible. And it's just, you know, it's a very hard place to live and have a life. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Like it's, it's because I've always heard nothing but great things about Croatia as far as like visiting there. So getting a Tourist. glimpse of what, it, yeah, yeah, but getting a glimpse of what it would be like to live there with, I mean, you know, every government, you can find some sort of corruption, but there are certainly some that are worse than others, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, having my, my family there is hard because, you know, they're mm. all struggling and my parents are both doctors and it's hard for them to, mm. to live a normal life. And if they're doctors and having issues, can you imagine, you know? Right. What's, how's, how's their COVID situation? Uh, hard. My mom, you know, she works in the, the biggest hospital and she was kind of working at the COVID ward for a long time. My dad has a private dental practice and he's just had a lot of issues because he's kind of, he's kind of, you know, dependent on 
foreigners coming and because of COVID and everything was right. just shut down, especially Italy. And it's just, it's been very hard. Let's, let's call it. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, what's crazy about this is that it's so global and it's so like, it's yeah. not specific to one region or even one country or even two countries. It's yeah, everywhere, literally everywhere, like everywhere. Yeah. Like, and you know, so many disasters happen where it's so regional that you never hear about it here in the States or vice versa. But this, this is, this one's, this one's wild. This is definitely maybe the, the wildest global event. It is, it is that, definitely. That, I don't, that, I don't, I don't think that anybody could have ever predicted anything like this ever happening. Yeah. And not just that, but you know, to even just imagine that the whole world will just stop. Yeah. It's kind of hard to even, hard to even imagine. You would be like, yeah, what has to happen for something like that? So it's, it's really? pretty wild. Yeah. To like take, take a step back and like think about that. That's, yeah. that is pretty wild. Um, you mentioned you did yoga when you were 13. Was it something mm -hmm. that you knew that you wanted to be an instructor right away? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I mean, in the beginning, you know, I just really wanted to use it uh, to help me with my lower back issues. Um, but when I, you know, discovered how amazing I felt after the classes and how it prepared me better for my, you know, my, my dancing classes, I realized that a lot of my friends would benefit from the same. Mm. So that's kind of how I started teaching, you know. I started teaching my fellow <laughs> dancers uh, before, let's say, a class that we had. Oh, that's cool. Um, and next question is if, if money and time weren't an object, what, what do you think you'd be doing? Would it be this? Your body doesn't really have time to prepare. Um, that's one of the things that I really hated. So that's how I, you know, realized that yoga can help people mm. like not just me, <laughs> but just mm -hmm. people in general, because at the time and mind you, so that was like, I started doing yoga 17 years ago. And 17 years ago in Croatia, I didn't even know what yoga was. Mm. Okay. So my doctor, my doctor at the time, he was going to yoga and he told me, you know what you should try? You should try yoga. And I looked at him and I was just like, um, isn't that meditation? Like you sit down <laughs> in this awkward pose and you meditate. And, and he said, yeah, yeah, it is, but there's much more to it. There's movement involved. And, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about, but let me try it. Right. So he told me about the studio. And after the first class I took, I felt amazing. Mm. Like I felt so good. And I slept like a baby and yes. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, um, wow. Um, especially because at the time, the majority of my dance classes and yoga afterwards were always in the afternoons and evenings because uh, of school. You know, I never had anything right. early in the morning except for ballet. <laughs> and then, right. you know, Saturdays and Sundays, I would be in the studio all day long. That was kind of my life. But um, I never, you know, I've, I've never had a class that would make me fall asleep better. <laughs> And yoga right. was that for me. I was like, wow, this is amazing. 
So uh, once I started, you know, figuring it out, I realized how to use it, uh, mm. not just to, you know, prepare myself for a class, but to also, you know, try to sleep better or, or just use it in my everyday life. And when I decided that I'm going to start teaching, I started teaching in a couple of yoga studios, in a gym, and I was working with athletes. I was actually working with one of our most famous tennis players, Goran Ivanishevic. And it was very interesting for me to see his, you know, like the way his body functions because, oh, you yeah. know, he's like super famous. He won the Wimbledon and stuff like that. And for me, first, it was like, wow, it was an honor to work with somebody like that. But then second, I just wanted to kind of learn how his body is different from mine, let's say, right. or somebody else's. So when I came to the States, I was actually working with the Seahawks uh, for a while. And that was interesting, you know, because their bodies are completely different than any other athlete. Right. So it's, it's you know, it's been always very challenging for me to, to, to work with different people. And I always loved that because the more, you know, the more I challenge myself, the more I research, the more I study and the more I take note of. Mm. So that's why I love being a teacher because everybody is different. No matter what type of, you know, um, activity-based person you are. If right. you're a, a super athlete, a pro athlete, or if you're just someone who, you know, does nothing basically, like, you know, works in, in the video game business and just sits down all day. Right. So it's very interesting to see how, you know, bodies are shaped with our routines and our, and our lifestyle. Yeah, I bet you've seen a lot of different body styles. Oh, yes. I have. Uh -huh. <laughs> and not all of them are great, what can I say? <laughs> uh, so we're coming up on an hour here, so I want to go through our quick hitters here. So okay. this is level one. These are basically one-word answers. Ready? Okay, yeah. All right. Do you like pizza or tacos better? Tacos. Ooh. Do you have a <laughs> Do you, do you have a favorite taco place? Um, uh, Gracia in Ballard. Okay. And I'm actually making tacos al pastor today from scratch. Oh, wow. Real al pastor. So I'm very excited about it. Damn, with the accent and everything. Uh, well, I lived in Spain. What can I tell you? Oh, I, there I you go. <laughs> there you go. That would do it. How long did you live in Spain for? Three years. Dang. I yeah, heard the... I heard the I heard the culture there is pretty cool. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, the food, the culture, the siestas, like all of it is just a very stressless lifestyle. Let's yeah, call it like that. Yeah, that's yeah, what I've I heard. miss it a lot. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds amazing. Are, are you a dog or cat person? Dog. Do you have any dogs? No, unfortunately, but I would love some. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now with a baby. Right. Um, are you a beach or a nature person? Well, isn't beach nature? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but beach, beach. I'm always beach. Summer. You <laughs> That's you'd, yeah. You'd rather be on a beach than like hiking, would you say? Yeah, I love both. But yeah. if I had to choose, I would rather be on a beach. Yes. Oh, yeah. Any, any favorite beach spots? Uh, Tulum um, and Bali for now. But I would love to go to Bora Bora. That's like mm. my ultimate destination bucket list. And, but also Croatia, of course, you know, with our, with our heard, beautiful sea. Yeah, so, I heard the coastline's beautiful there. Yeah, yeah. Man, 
you do travel a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to go to Tulum. Well, I'm going in the beginning of December. Oh, there you go. I'll just hitchhike with you. Yes, please. I'll just fit fit in your briefcase. <laughs> you know you can. You, you're, <laughs> you know, you are you are very um you are very slim. <laughs> um, this is level two so it's going to be probably a little longer than one word answer ready okay all right what's your favorite meal my favorite meal oh damn i'm a foodie okay Ooh, i can't wait to hear this then. Uh, all right there's a lot of how about that I like. how about this top three yeah. top three and no particular no, order i don't even have top three i'll just tell you like this ramen I love ramen. Like oh, wow. in any way, she I love ramen. That's number one. Number and two. Do you have a favorite ramen spot? Uh, Momofuku. Ooh. Yes. Uh, so one. Then I would say second. Um, something that my you know it's a Croatian dish, and my dad makes it. Like he's one of I I love his cooking. I just love his cooking, mm. and it's like um seafood um, broth in a way like uh, I don't even know how to explain it it's called buzara <laughs> in Croatian and it usually uses like shrimp uh, but it's just insane the sauce that it creates like you want to eat a whole sourdough bread with it it's just crazy mm. is it like um, a, is it like hearty or is it like it's hearty yeah it's super hearty and it's delicious like almost so like that, a chili almost like a chili but without the spice got it yeah, so I would say that, and and probably something Mexican, you know, uh, like enchiladas or Oof. or even tacos. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I just I love all different types of cuisines, so it's really hard to just choose some. Man, I, I bet when you go on vacation, it's like, ooh, we're gonna try all the food. Oh, that's me. Plus, I, you know, I kind of, my itinerary goes around the places we're going to eat or, you know, <laughs> drink coffee because I have to try all the coffee spots. It's oh, just that's really awesome. hard to travel if you don't eat food, you know. That's with true. Me. That's true. Yeah. Um, do you have any hidden talents? Uh, well, well, I feel like well, I think. I yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, like the singing and dancing, maybe not too many people know about. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, I can cook. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, um, a, that's a talent for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I have to think about that a little bit if it's like a hidden talent. Right. Maybe I don't even know what to do. <laughs> that's true. Something deep yeah. down inside you haven't even tapped into. <laughs> like a um, knitting, you know? I don't know. <laughs> do you have any uh, current TV shows or podcasts you're listening or watching? I love Huberman's podcasts. Ooh, um, he is amazing. Talks mostly about like health and fitness and sports performance. Oh, cool! And he's pretty amazing, like pretty amazing. Huberman. I love his podcast, Huberman. Yeah, mm. it's called the Huberman Lab podcast. Oh, cool! And then from the shows, I love Ted Lasso. I love that show. Oh my gosh, I'm binge watching uh, the shit out oh of. Oh my god, right it's so funny, so funny and realistic, and I love it so much. Yeah. Um, and I love, what else do I love? I love Billions. Mm, I, I need to get into show. it. Yeah, I need to get into that. That's currently on my watch list. Yeah. Great. It's currently on my watch list. Um, okay. We're getting to the end here. Level three. Ready? 
Yes, I'm listening. What advice would you give to your younger self? Um, <laughs> there's a lot of things I can say, but probably just, you know, enjoy where you are right now. Hmm. Yeah, kind of enjoy. Enjoy, like, being in that space. Don't stress about stupid things and stupid people and situations you can't control. I mean, that's an advice that I give myself now, too. So, right. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't just go for my younger self. True. But, yeah. Uh, do you have any short-term goals, like, that you want to accomplish in the next year? And then do you have any long-term goals that you want to do? Well, I'm going to run a half marathon in eight weeks. So that's a short-term goal. There you go. That's um, a big yeah. one. Yeah, and I'm super excited because I started running um, – I'm preparing for a half marathon 12 years ago, but then two weeks out, I got the flu. <laughs> so I mm. didn't run it. And mm. after that, I never really picked it up again. And I love running. Mm. So I never kind of got in that, in that position where I would run something like that again. Um, so now I'm attempting to do it and I'm loving the process. Yeah. (laughs) So that's kind of short term. Yeah. We didn't really talk about it, but that's how we kind of met was training for running when we. Oh yes, of course. Because I, yeah, because we ran the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different running. Yeah. I know. Shout shout out to Katya. Yeah. Shout out to Katya. And she's running this with me too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because she's amazing. She, you know, she kind of got me into it, back into it, because she ran the marathon three years ago. Uh, that's when we started uh, kind of talking and yeah. we met. And um, at the time, I, you know, I was just in awe how she did it in, in just 16 weeks from scratch. And I was just very inspired <laughs> by it. So when we uh, decided to do the stairs, um, I was also like, I mean, one of the biggest reasons was because she was doing it. So mm. I wanted to do it with her, not alone. Yeah. And I loved the process. So when I told her that I was going to run the half marathon, she decided to support me and join. And I was just very happy that I'm going to be doing it with, oh, with her. She's so great. Both of you guys are so yeah. great. Well, thank you. You are um, great. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you. Uh, oh, sorry. Long-term goals? I don't know what to tell you, man. With this COVID situation... I don't even know what my goals are. Mm. It's very hard to, to, you know, have, have plans anymore. Um, Cause you know, people had a lot of plans and then COVID happened and everything just went That's downhill. True. So I'm not, I'm trying not to have plans. Let's call it like that. Ooh, I'm kinda, trying not to have plans. I kind of like <laughs> I that love, actually. Yeah. I love the, you know, to kind of enjoy the space I am right now. Mm. And I'm just trying to be, you know, a good mom and, <laughs> And, and focus on my baby and yeah. for the moment that's, that's enough that, you know that that is like the ultimate long-term goal yes of course <laughs> but that's like the everyday goal yeah so so yeah that's kind of that's kind of how i would answer that question because yeah. if you had asked me a few years back i would have all these ideas but right you know like none of them really matter that much if you don't really know where you are today so True. I'm just trying to like navigate all of this like everybody else is. I feel you. Um, what is one thing you would change in the fitness industry? I feel like we talked about it earlier, but is there something yeah. else? Yes. Um, I would change the whole concept surrounding, you know, fitness being just something uh, 
for your body image and, 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 you know, like all of these shredding for the summer and, you know, two months, you know, just no, for me, you know, fitness is a lifestyle. It's a part of your life. It's something that you either enjoy doing or you don't. And in my, you know, opinion, I think everyone should find a type of fitness that they enjoy doing just because, you know, it's good for your overall health. But I don't think that you should be doing something that you just do for the sake of looking good in a bikini or, you know, having to be able to eat, you know, a bunch of foods for holiday. I don't like that whole concept surrounding that. And I thought that by 2021, we would already be way ahead of that, you know? Right. Um, But I still see it as a big pattern and a big you know, whenever I have a new client or somebody who comes to me for nutrition or something like that, their entire goal is always to kind of lose weight. And I'm like, yeah, but do you know what that entails? Do you know why you're doing it? Do you know why you're keeping the weight on? And in a lot of situations, people don't even understand how their own lifestyles and habits are making them kind of not enjoy fitness and look at it as some sort of punishment for the amount of food they're eating or for the amount of time that they spend sitting down. So I would kind of, I wouldn't really want to change that. I want to yeah. change that whole concept of, you know, just looking better and, and, you know, not, not thinking about how, how much it affects us on the health level and how being strong and being fast and all of that kind of results in you being, you know, living a longer life right. and not just looking good in the dress. Right, because like generally there's a reason behind wanting to lose the 10 pounds. Yeah, of course. It's always something to do with confidence or how you feel about yourself or, and you can, you can work on that without, you know, losing the 10 pounds anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about the 10 pounds. It's about everything else that surrounds it. And if your goal is to lose 10 pounds and that's it, and then you don't, you know, it's like you're going to do some sort of program for two months, for three months, and then you're going to just stop. Like, what's True. the point of yeah. even doing it? So whenever I, you know, talk to someone and have a new client or something, I always try to tell them that everything you try to do right now, like all of your new routines should be there forever. You know, True. you should try True. to, that's why I always say, like, stick with a diet that you can hold on to. Don't just do a crash diet of two months or three months because you're never going to be able to continue with it. And what's the point? You're just going to be miserable while you're doing it. True. So the same goes for fitness in my opinion. I love that. Um, Okay. Last question. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Two more questions. What's your why? What's your why? My why is exactly this, to try to educate people in you know, loving themselves and mm. trying to get them to understand that by loving yourself, you end up paying more attention to the choices you're making and, uh, you know, you're, you're paying attention to your health and overall stress levels and you're trying to, you know, be a healthier person for yourself and for your future kids or current kids or, you know, just trying to stay in this life a little longer in a way because it's super short anyways. Yeah. I love that. Uh, well, thanks for all you do. Uh, finally, (laughs) finally, if you could hear anyone on 
the off the waitlist podcast, who would it be? And you have to, and you have to help me get that person on. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, wait. Oh, that's gonna be hard. Uh, there's a lot of people I want to hear from, but how about we get Rachel on it? Rachel Devoe. How about we get her? Ooh, there you go. Yeah, we can I try would, to get her on. Yeah, <laughs> I would love that. I would love to try and connect with her. She's yeah, great. Well, yeah, she is. She is. <laughs> oh well. I do this with every guest at the end. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. Let the people know where they can find you, all your social channels. This is like self-plug, but it's not because I'm forcing <laughs> you to do it. Yeah, okay. All right, well, go for it. Well, I mean, you can find me on my Instagram. So at Carla with a K, T-A-F-R-A. -A. Uh, and that's, you know, mostly where you can find just reach out to me and I always reply to all DMs. Uh, you can additionally find me on my website, which is same thing. So www.carlatafra.com. And you can always send me an email um, and just reach out there. You have all the info on my website about what I do and how I do it. And yeah, that's kind of it. Not really much to say. No, that's, that's one perfect. Shop person. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, definitely follow her on Instagram. Uh, she's super accessible. Uh, always, always super friendly. Um, be sure to check her out. Uh, I'm going to go check out your class at the six someday. Uh, Please. That's, that's, that's awesome. Um, other than that, thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. Uh, this has been a blast. Thank you. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah, thank you for you. having me. Yeah. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah. You too. <laughs> Talk to okay. you soon. Bye. Bye.